This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. In the second part of this talk on the journey of meditation, Reggie says that it is important to not hang on to anything in our practice. Integrity in meditation is opening to what is, not chasing daylight, and letting go of what we think. This talk was given in 2005 at the Meditating with the Body Retreat, held in Crestone, Colorado. There are moments in life when we actually see the order of the universe, but those moments come to us. We don't impose those, and we don't create them, and they certainly don't come about through thinking. Those moments will happen and do happen, but when they happen, we have to disown them immediately. There will be many discoveries over the next four months. And many um, startling discoveries and profound discoveries and very satisfying discoveries. But this is my advice when that happens. Let it register and then disown it. Don't hang on to the big moments. Don't hang on to the big discoveries. Let them come and let them go. Because when we hang on to the big discoveries, we are impeding our process. Life is not about big moments. Life is about life. Life is about everything that happens in life. And often it's the moments when we are trapped and stuck and suffocating that end up being the most important moments in our life because they are the moments when we're about to give birth, or they are the moments when we see that some whole train of thinking is a dead end. Often in life, we have a tendency to want to elevate the moments of insight and clarity, and we want to put down the moments of claustrophobia and pain. But this is a terrible, terrible mistake, because life doesn't work like that. It's like saying, I only want day. I don't like night. And trying to go about making day the permanent reality. Which, by the way, in our culture, this is what people try to do. You know, people can't relate to darkness. They can't relate to unknowing. They can't relate to the mystery of the womb. You know, and where does it lead us? It leads us to the point where people have no process anymore and there's no growth and everything becomes control, control, control and pretty soon the planet is about to die. I mean, that's where that leads. And in a similar way in our own life that if we try to elevate the light and the purity and the daytime and when think we can see things, we understand things and we ignore the nighttime the darkness, the suffering, then 
nothing works anymore. And then day becomes a nightmare. And day becomes dark. Day becomes night. So, because it's that way, when we wake up in the morning and pieces of ourselves and our life are scattered all over the universe, it is so important simply to sit down and make room for the totality of the chaos and uncertainty that we feel at that moment and just be with it and watch what happens. Just see what happens and watch how your life begins to flow like a river through your whole day. The more we hang on, the more things die. The more we let go, the more they live. It's true of our life, it's true of the world, and it's true of ourselves. One of the difficulties, I think, if we feel that we have to constantly beat our life into submission and, and make it into some kind of, um, make it conform to what we think, is then there are a lot of parts of our life that don't fit in. And then what we do is we start blaming other people. It gets so complicated. You know, the, the reason I'm feeling the way I am is because of that person in this situation and that job and this client. And you know, I feel like shit and it's really their fault. <laughs> and at that point, we're not taking advantage of the totality and we've actually lost touch with ourselves. It's really pitiful. It's sad. It's terrible. This is why meditation practice is the fundamental training to live. Because when we sit and we make room for our chaos, then our life emerges. And if we practice and practice as part of our life, then that becomes a whole way of being in the world. That whatever arises in your life, you open further to include it. And what you find out is that it's there for a reason, and it's part of the complete pattern of our life. And sometimes it organizes itself into a beautiful, brilliant morning sun, and other times it's the galaxies spread all over the universe. Sometimes it's the depths of the ocean. Sometimes it's the wind. But the most important thing is it has nothing to do with our personal ego and our personal concept of who we are or who we want to be. So the meditation practice that we're doing here, learning an embodied meditation, is this is what it's all about. It's about making room for our life. And unfortunately, there is no other way to make truly make room for our life. Um, you know, at Naropa we do a lot of contemplative disciplines. And, um, you know, we do, you know, flower arranging and um, yoga and uh, calligraphy and... Barbara, help me. What else do we do? Tai Chi. Tai Chi, Aikido, all kinds of things. And these are very good because they're awareness disciplines. But the thing is, you're always doing something. And when you're always doing something, and, and I'm not saying that they're not beneficial, but when all you do during your day is that you're doing something, 
and you don't know how to actually truly rest in space or abide in your own emptiness in an ongoing way, it doesn't work. Because everything that we do is addressing some little kind of flaw or some little problem or some little thing in our mind that we feel isn't quite right. So I do think, and this is something that the, um, you know, there are a lot of people at Naropa who would not agree with this, possibly, I don't really know, because I haven't talked to everybody, but um, my personal feeling is that meditation is actually the ground on which the contemplative disciplines can really flourish. But without that ability to truly open and let go and abide nowhere, which means making room for our chaos, then somehow the chaos doesn't really have enough room to do what it needs to do. I'm a very tame teacher. But if I live long enough, I might not be. Because I do understand that the greatest gift you can give to someone else is actually to help them begin to feel the chaos of their own life and to trust it, trust it. But the thing is, if they don't feel it, there's nothing to trust. Now, the good thing about this group is pretty much everybody came in here in a state of chaos. <laughs> See, that makes the job easy. And uh, that's one thing, the great thing about the and we found this last year too, people come in and they're just so, they're very aware of what I'm talking about and they simply want to know, okay, you know, I'm, I'm here, okay, now what? And that's just really joyful to work with. The difficult thing is when people come in and they think they have it together and they think they know what they want from you and they'll tell you what they want and they want you to be a spiritual teacher. And if you don't go along with them, they sue you. That's why we have liability insurance. <laughs> to download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet Cry of the Snow Lion.